Ready to roll. Ready to roll. Hello, Easton. Yo, what up? In with the gangsta. I wasn't gangsta. It was just, yo, you know, what up? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what's gangsta about that. Yeah, I know you said we weren't off schedule, but happy back on schedule? Yeah. Yeah, we are back on. It's Sunday. Yeah, it's There Sunday. was a race this morning. There was, there was racing all day. That's true. Yeah. It was a... Uh, there was a lot of racing this weekend. Yeah. We had MotoGP, World Superbike, and Moto America, and probably other ones that I can't find on my TV. What yeah. are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about those things? What else are we talking about? The fact that I didn't go to Vegas and Instagram's full of all the Las Vegas motorsports. Boy, you missed out on an amazing track day videos. Uh, we, we could touch on that or from the sound of it, if you're kind of... No, I'm a little bitter. Yeah, we, we could just leave that alone. Let's roll the intro and then we'll get into it. All right. Intro. Yesterday at one point, I was in six. All right, and sorry, and we're back. We're back. We're back. I'm trying to work on a radio voice. <clears throat> yeah, well, what is a radio voice? I don't know. Something like, opposite of mine. Something that doesn't change octaves all the time, burn people's eardrums out. Octaves? I don't know if that's even a word, but yep. Are you talking about like... La, la, like going la, from la, la, from la, la, like la, la, super la, la. low to super high, sure. Octave. Probably just something that doesn't change. So to have a good radio voice, you need to just be monotone and just speak into the microphone, and you just kind of go nonstop. There's no up, there's no down, there's no change in pitch or any excitement in your voice at any moment. Yeah, right. That's you. That's you. Oh, that's weird. Old uh, one gear. Hey, what? That's a good motorcycle relation. I like that. Yeah. We'll call you one gear. That's ridiculous. Well, hey, how about those Japanese people? By that, I mean the Japanese bikes. They still race? <laughs> yeah. Actually, this weekend, they do race. Yeah. Well, it's still it's still arguable. I think, uh, well, let's start there. I think okay. Mark Mark. I think Mark Marquez got under Joanne Mir's skin and Joanne Mir decided he better start racing a motorcycle again or he can't talk smack in the shower room. I don't know. <laughs> I don't did know. You, did you well, see what did you see what happened with them? At the test in Misano, apparently mm-hmm. Joanne Mir and who's their other rider? Oh, Stefan Brattle, their test rider. Okay. Yeah. They both came back to Honda and said, We like the new bike. And Mark Marquez and Takanakagami said, we like the old bike. And because Mark is Mark, they will be using the old bike. Nice. Until <laughs> until further notice, right? Or, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So they asked Mark about it in the press conference, mm-hmm. the Thursday press conference. And I can't remember verbatim, word for word, but it was something along the lines of, he can basically those other guys can say whatever they want. But until they beat me on this new bike, shut up and sit down. That's pretty good. 
Yeah, that's pretty I mean, good. That's not how he said it, but that's how I took it. Well, I will say Honda had a a pretty good weekend all around. And brought all wrecked out of the sprint, but that is what it is. But uh, both Mir and Marquez made it straight into Q2. Right. If I'm getting that info correct. and Yes, they did. Then we had a, a wreck out on the sprint for John Mir. Mir. Yep. Which, was that corner one? I, I don't remember, but it was, I mean, it was about mid, mid sprint. He was up there. Yeah. Him and Mark were going back and forth fighting before he crashed. I'm thinking it was the same corner that then Mark wrecked in, but I don't know. Um, But yeah, he he put it down and said, man, and, you know, deuced out, whatever. He gone. And I was just kind of laughing because I was like, so unless you're Brad Bender, um, qualifying is like vital in today's MotoGP. True. I like the Brad Bender reference. Okay, yeah, like yeah. that's just where we're at, right? And it seems like they're all season, you know, with the Yamahas and the Hondas. I've kind of been like, you know, what if you did put them on, you know, the front line or the second row, first row, second row? What what would they do up there? Could they figure that out, or are they really just that bad? And then what do you know? I had a couple of Hondas up on the second row, and then I had a Yamaha on the fourth row, third probably third row third yeah sorry now i'm getting all <sighs> i gotta pull it up so i stop just quoting random things here sorry everyone q2 he was in eighth yeah so third row okay and what do you know they were doing pretty good then mirror wrecked out and so i just kind of laughed to myself because i was like you had a, a great opportunity here to do amazing things right and and the same with mark though yeah, um, same with Mark. The race, it was a similar similar situation. He was up there fighting, and I agree. Yeah, and that's the that's been the talk all day, as far as the uh, not the commentators, but all the Instagram posts and everything else with all the Mark fans is like, what could have been, you know, up there fighting for a podium, <laughs> blah, blah blah blah. So, since you mentioned commentators, I have to throw this in. You know, okay. we, we talk about how them commentators they get stuck on one thing. Yeah. So I know we're talking MotoGP right now, but the World Superbike this week, the guys got on this thing where they were saying that rider is the cork okay. that's ready to pop. Okay. That's and they true. meant it was a rider holding up the bikes behind them. Okay. Yeah. And they they used the analogy 15 times over the course of the weekend. Like every, <laughs> every time somebody would come up, oh, that guy's the cork. That guy's the cork that needs to pop. Oh, man. That's good. Like, All right. So back back to MotoGP. Sorry. Uh, he's the potato in the exhaust. Yes. Well, I have to say that because Mark, kudos to his riding this week. I mean, I think he was doing a good job. But at the end of the day, for most of that race, he was the cork that needed to pop. Because he was up there fighting, but he was, for some of that race. For the sprint or the race? For the sprint. You didn't see much of him in the race after... I was going to say, okay, yeah, because in, I mean, in the race, he would actually look like he was kind of right on Bagnaya, and I was like, oh man, Bagnaya and Martin are going to be sitting there fighting, hopefully that brings Mark in. Bizzacci, obviously, a different world, for whatever reason, the Indians must have sent him some intel beforehand, and like, here's, a, here's so, the path to success. So you mentioned Brad Bender being the guy that doesn't matter where he qualifies on the grid? Yeah. How about Bizzacci in that sprint race and that comeback? 
Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, they were saying it, though. The lap times he was putting down were, like, insane. Brad, for whatever reason, can just fire through a start. Right. And, like, the first lap, he's just really good at first lap. Bezzecchi just had that speed, which just showed itself again today in the race. It's just pure, for whatever reason, I'm telling you, I think they just sent him the predetermined, or maybe he played the video game a little more than everyone else. I don't know. I love that guy. I love that guy. In the in the press conference on Thursday, they made him, for the social media portion, mm-hmm. they made him try to draw the track. Okay. Did you see any of that? No, I didn't get the press press. Conference. They made him put on a blindfold, then they had like a board with a marker, and then they had to draw the track. Right. And Brad Benders, he said he needed to apologize. When, before he turned the board around, he said he needed to apologize, and I need to hold my hand over part of it because it looked like a male anatomy. Ah, <laughs> he did so, that on purpose. Yeah, so he was <laughs> trying to cover some of it. That was kind of funny. But when Bezzecchi is a man of few words, generally, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and I don't know if that's a language barrier thing because it's not lack of personality. He just doesn't. He's a man of few words. Yeah, and he drew his, and he had crossed his own track a couple times, so it was making like figure eights. There was multiple, multiple gotcha. places on the track where it crossed. Right. And so when he turned his around, he just serious as could be, look at the camera, and he says, "I need two bridges." <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Uh, he didn't need no bridges today. Yeah. Well, I mean, shout out to him, and due to some events that I'm sure we'll get into in a minute or two, but he's back in podium or back in championship contention now. Those are those are very interesting words. Because championship contention just means that with the amount of races left and the amount of points available, you could still take the championship. Not necessarily actually able to. And I haven't actually looked at the points yet today. I'll pull that up in a, in a second. But so Bezzecchi's down 44. Okay, so that's not, that's not that bad. But, I mean, him, Martin, and Bagnaya are obviously all... In contention, in contention, right? Yeah, um, which is great because we're getting like a long season this year, and it's going to stay that way unless a certain robot keeps non-roboting. But <laughs> um, anyway, uh, back to Mark real quick, just to finish that up. Uh, I was I was pretty impressed. I think it's a good weekend. Puts the bike down. So it, third in the sprint. Maybe he was holding people up. Maybe not. Who knows? Whatever. Did that. In the race today, it looked like he might have, at least for the first half, had he not put it down, might have been able to do something with the Ducatis. It seems like usually he's kind of up there and then falls off. This time he actually fell off. But then he got the bike back up, and then he went from 15th up into 9th. I think behind 15th. So It was a a good day today for him. I mean, that was... It was a good day, but uh, he he's got to keep the Grassini guys happy so they don't change their mind. Yeah, and that's the big that's the big talk now, isn't it? Well, you heard what you heard what I mean. Ducati for the first time made an official statement. Mm-hmm. They, they said, said today they, have... they said we're we're just waiting on Mark's decision. That's the first time Ducati has acknowledged that there's an opportunity for him to be there at Grassini. I have an announcement. Purely opinion here. I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, I have an announcement that's purely opinion. Okay. I hope he doesn't go anywhere. I don't want to see Mark on a Ducati. Yeah, um, neither do I. 
if you're a huge Mark fan and you want to see him win five more championships and that's the only way you think he can do it, then great, whatever. But that's just one more thing watering down the sport. We can't have, we already have too many Ducatis on the grid as we've talked. And unlike you, I thank Ducati. I thank Ducati for spending the money and putting the bikes on the grid so that we still have a sport to watch in the first place. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. But I don't want all the talented riders. If I mean, if you make a list right now of the top five riders, Bagnaya's in there, Zetchi's mm-hmm. in there, Jorge mm-hmm. Martin, unfortunately, is in there. Um, and those guys are all sitting on Ducatis. You be careful. You're talking about a possible world champion here. <laughs> I think it's very possible. I think Bagnaya, he's trying to have that hard candy shell on the outside, but pressure's getting to him. It, it's, and I, I don't know that, I don't know that pressure had anything to do with today's crash. I'm not trying to, I'm sure there's mm-hmm. a lot of pressure for sure on him. I'm sure the pressure is getting to him, but I don't think that caused the crash today. I think that, I think that, you know, the ebb and flow of this sport or any mm-hmm. sport generally, you know, people get on a roll and then they, yeah. they just start rolling. And sometimes people can hold that through a whole season. That's not very common. Yeah. Even, even some of Mark's great seasons, you know, championship seasons, you could find a spot in there where it wasn't as good as it was straight through. And Bagnaya has yeah. had, Bagnaya has put together a season, you know, this year that's more consistent and solid than any of the years with the, with the exception of these crashes. But when you, you know, a couple of them were luck. I mean, I, I still have a problem with a or top gun running into him. <laughs> I know that, I know that most most people say it's the other way around, right? Yeah. The first thing the people I was watching the race with today said was, can't wait to hear what excuse he has after that. Was the bike too perfect? (laughs) Yeah. When the, when the race started, right. You look at the, you look at the points. I was like, man, if Bagnaya wrecks today, that's going to be nuts. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think Jorge Martin will, but what I wanted was the opposite. Because Bagnaya is on my fantasy league, and Martin's not. But I dropped someone this week, and I could pick up Martin next week. So if he had lost money this week, that would have been great. Right. But he didn't. He went up. He's now the most expensive guy. So anyway, when Bagnaya went down, I was just kind of, I felt, I mean, honestly, kind of felt bad for the guy. Because I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, you, oof. <laughs> yeah, I... Because now, like, this season is already pretty long. We haven't had one go this this stretched out for a while. And honestly, it's been because of his wrecks. Absolutely. that That's it. And I'm not faulting him. Everyone wrecks bikes. Like, that's not me talking bad on him. He's, he's done it amazing. You look at most of the races, he's in the top three all the time. Like, he's he's there. But unfortunately, because he has wrecked just enough, Jorge Martin's literally like a little freaking Spanish chihuahua biting at his heels, <laughs> you know, just going freaking nuts. And he's letting it, not letting it, this is the wrong word, but it is catching up and it's getting kind of scary. And I was like, man, what are you, what are you doing? So, so I would say that the crash might be the best thing that happened to him. N- let me explain why Jorge yeah. Martin has taken points from him every time they touch a track mm-hmm. over the last stretch. Yep. Every time they touch the track, like you said, Chihuahua's pulling a little, 
pulling a little here, pulling a little there. Yeah. If Bagnaya wouldn't have been fighting so hard to make sure he didn't lose any more points to him, if he would have settled for that third place spot, mm-hmm. maybe rode that out and lost another five, the bleeding wouldn't stop That's because true. he would have, there's a little more and he's just slowly chipping away at the confidence. The fact that he crashed, you've got to go back to week yeah. one. Yeah, reset. He's got to go. And, and instead of being in defense mode, he's got to go. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. I haven't looked up the stats on Suzuka, which is where they're going next. Japan. I'm just curious if Jorge Martin is good there, if Bagnaya is good there. Yeah, I don't know. I can look that up right now if you want, but I'm not. It'll be interesting. I think that might have been okay for him. Maybe he got that. I mean, that could go two ways, too. He might crash every race from here on out because. That's what. I, that, yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking. I was like, if he wrecks another one, like, it's it's probably over. But Jorge Martin, he's surprised me the last two thirds of the season. Been really consistent. Yeah. I've been like, oh, okay. He did something, finally got used to the bike, you know, like. As the commentators would say, he's like, yeah, he's had enough time on the bike now that he knows exactly what he's doing. He gets on that bike and his brain and that bike's ECU connect together and they're just going and they're sitting there and they're thinking, you know, and then he drops to his knees and he's just, he's done. He is worn out. Yeah, he's completely so- mentally and physically exhausted and done. He has nothing left to give. I'm like, how do you know that? He could go do five more laps, I bet. You don't know crap. You're making stuff up. But. Have you seen the controversy surrounding that today? Old Mm-mm. Simon Crayfar is in a little bit of, I mean, Simon Crayfar is never in any trouble, but he's been, he's never one to back down from people on social media. And there's been some things firing back. You probably didn't watch that, but on the podium, you know, he, did you watch, uh, did you watch him pass out allegedly? Mm, no. You shut it off after the, it was over, huh? Yeah. I didn't even make it to the interviews. Yeah, so they they went to do the interviews and they interviewed um, who was third? No, uh, Quadraro. Oh yeah, so they interviewed Quadraro. Nice, nice interview. Quadraro went through his gloves in the stands before the interview. Bazzetti climbed a big old tower and was screaming at all the fans. It was good, good fan interaction, right? Mm-hmm. They get those guys calmed down. They talk to Fabio, and then they should have talked to Jorge second, but. After, okay, so for those that didn't watch, let me back this up. After we finished the race, towards the end of the race, Jorge Martin's leather suit came unzipped. Yeah. During the race. Yeah. So Fabio Quattraro had that happen to him a year or two ago. But when it happened Mm -hmm. to Fabio, he reached in and grabbed his chest protector and threw it out. Yep. Because it was flapping around in there in the wind. So he threw it out and finished the race. There's been a lot of rule changes since then because the argument was if you're not, I mean, if your helmet came off, you shouldn't be able to finish the race because you don't have the proper safety gear on. Yeah, it's unsafe and that's not. Yeah, so. Yeah, because you don't, you don't want to promote people. It It's a tough spot, I think, just to kind of interject for half a second, sorry. But it's a tough spot because you don't want to promote people riding unsafely. You're also like, what racer is going to be like, my suit's unzipped, I need to pull over. Right. Right. So, but I mean, it's also hard because there's cameras everywhere. Yeah. So Fabio, Fabio, when it happened to him, he finished the race, but in the middle of that race somewhere, he had reached in, grabbed it, and it was on camera for everybody to see. He pulled his chest protector out and chucked it. Yep. So they have changed the rules now. 
to where that would be an equipment failure. That would be a black flag. You should have mm -hmm. came off. So now here's Jorge Martin a year or so later driving around the track with his suit obviously unzipped. But the difference was nobody ever seen him pull his chest protector out. Yeah. And he reached down relatively quick as soon as he could. He gave up on that first place spot, reached yeah. down, zipped his suit back up. You know, he lost a second or so on the on the track doing mm -hmm. that is all zipped it back up and finished is all is all <laughs> only a second but did you see how much that one second did in there yep. <laughs> like so when he finishes the race today rather than driving down to the podium celebration where they would normally drive directly to mm -hmm. he stopped at his pit box stepped off the bike and fell to his knees in complete exhaustion tears mm -hmm crying all these things that they pouring water down his back they unzipped his suit they were pouring water down his front down his back and then he needed assistance to walk down to the podium celebration when he got there he was i mean he's either a really good actor or he was really just out of it because his legs were really rubbery looking okay. when they when they got him down there you know he had his arm around one of his guys mm -hmm. and he he was just walking like he just got done with a workout, you know, and the legs weren't quite working. Yeah. But then it started to calm down and he went and congratulated Fabio. He congratulated Bazzetti and I mean, he's still exhausted, but he's standing up. He's talking to people, celebrating with his team a little bit. Right. It goes to Bazzetti or it goes to Fabio for the interview. And then it goes to Bazzetti and the camera pans over and there's a medic over there. And he had leaned back against the wall and apparently passed out. So they, he was awake when the cameras went back to him, but they were feeding him like electrolytes and all this, you know, stuff. So Simon Crafar said during the, you know, he's doing the live discussion or whatever. Yeah. He says, we need to check the video footage because what if he, and I'm not quoting him directly for the record, but something to the effect of what if he stopped over by those guys, pulled because he didn't have his chest protector in anymore, knowing that it's a penalty now, and he didn't want to lose that second place spot. So he stopped there, collapsed down to the ground, and then there was this big crowd around him, and they were sticking a, putting his gear back together. Mm. So, Interesting accusation. Yeah, well, so then it blinks, and they started doing replays of that when he came off the bike, and you couldn't see nobody. I mean, you could see him enough. It didn't look like anybody did that. Right. They just unzipped his suit and started... It didn't look like that happened, but when it came, when they came back and started talking, Simon felt like he needed to elaborate a little bit. Mm -hmm. and, and he said, I, I just want to point out that I'm not like throwing an accusation out. Yeah. He said, but there's a bunch of Yamaha guys running around down here asking that question <laughs> because it would have moved Fabio to second. Yep. Potentially. Yep. So, 100%. and they've had it happen to them. So they're uniquely, yeah. you know, so Speaking of that, though, that like last uh, last two laps, last lap, did you catch yeah. where that actually came from, though? Wh which part? So uh, Jorge Martin's zipper opens up. Yeah, it was Jorge like... Jorge reaches down, rezips his suit, loses a second. Quateraro is right behind him. Right, that brought so, Quateraro up. Then... Nope, nope, nope. What do you nope, mean, nope, nope, nope? Nope, nope, nope. The suit was unzipped for at least a full lap because yeah. the camera went to it multiple times mm -hmm. and then he zipped it up and was just back into business. Yeah. But with, 
with two laps to go or with one lap to go, he went hot into that corner. He yeah, went I'm saying, okay. Yeah, I, it, I wasn't, it had nothing to do with the suit at that point. I though. understand that, but the suit did bring Quartararo up on him. Yeah, Not right on true. him, but it that's brought true. him up. And then he took off and was gone again. So he was hot into a corner. Okay, because I, I caught the suit thing, and then I saw him like take off again. And I'm like, okay, yeah, Yamaha's got nothing for him. Quartararo can't do this, whatever. And then, yeah, a couple of laps later, there he is in front of him. I was like, what the? And everyone in the crowd was like, what the? Going yep. nuts. Shout out, kudos, whatever, to India. Honestly, that crowd, you could hear him in the background the whole time. That was right. pretty sweet. Um, first, one of the first of times too. I've heard something like that. Yeah. Okay. So it was hot in the corner because I didn't, I must have not been paying that good of attention or something, or maybe the camera didn't catch it. But I wanted to go back and rewatch because I was like, I don't, where did that, there was a gap there and now it's not. The zipper had been zipped back up for like an entire lap. And then, at least, um, even, even the announcer made a statement like he had like four seconds on Quadraro. Mm -hmm. And they were like, why are you pushing so hard, you know, to go shoot off track like that, which let Fabio come clear back in. But it's a good point because you're not going to make it. Yeah. First. But, but remind me to bring that up. And when we talk Moto America, but we, okay. uh, here, here's my explain, explain the rules to me here. So how come when Brad Bender touches the green with, a sliver of his tire, he has to drop back one position mm -hmm. when he finishes the race because he might have gained an advantage. But somebody yeah. can go into a corner and blow completely off the track. I mean, full off, clear over there, come back on the track in a completely competitive way, mm -hmm. slam into the side of somebody. <laughs> yeah. And that's not, a, that's not a problem? That's okay? Come on, run into somebody? So I do know that if a rider blows a corner and then cuts a corner, right? So like you go in a corner one hot and then let's say one's a right and then two's a left into a snake. And so you cut two to get back in on three. If you don't drop enough time in that, like if you just blow one and then you just head through and just make it all, oh, we'll just turn it into one giant corner, right. then you're going to get penalized. But if you stand it up and come in and then safely re-enter and make sure you drop time equivalent to cutting that corner out then you're good to go the quadraro martin fight was really interesting to me because part of me like martin comes in and freaking dang near takes the whole front of his bike off very quickly very i'm like dude you got passed like yeah. calm down one i guess not a threat like what are you worried about i understand you want as many points as you can get but he's not a threat but then the other side of me was like, I have a very strange thought on this topic, and I'm curious your thoughts on it. Quartararo has zero chance of a championship this year. Correct. Jorge Martin has a very, very high chance. Growing every week. Yeah, getting better every week, right? So in my head, Quartararo was like kind of fighting back with him, and I was like, I started to be like, man, just let him go. He's got a, you don't want to mess with that. But then the other side of me was like, no, it's racing. Who cares? Every race hey, is a racing. race. Yeah. And it's going to contradict myself because I would say, hell yeah, stand your ground, Fabio. Don't give him nothing. Yeah. Because being second on that would have meant a lot to Yamaha, would have meant a lot to him, yeah. especially with the year that they've had. 
Um, I'm, I'm sure the yeah. third place meant a lot. So mm -hmm. yeah, don't give him an inch. But then I have to go back and say, I'm criticizing Joanne or Jorge Martin. I'm criticizing him for coming in like a steamroller and trying to fight, even though he made the mistake. It's his fault. So I don't yeah. mean to contradict myself, but I think I think that was some pretty aggressive writing from him. Which yeah, I think I think the only reason Fabio was fighting back so hard with him is because of how aggressive it was. The guy needs to defend himself. Yeah, that's what I so that I think that's why I stopped myself and like rethought about it for a second. I was like, Well, okay, okay, hold up. You he passed you and then you came over and literally like you look at it, Quartero is here and he freaking dang near took off his nose. Like didn't really have any business making that pass necessarily. Obviously he pulled it off, they're both clean, so then yeah, absolutely you're fine. But like that was that was a little tight. And then Quartero was just fighting back. So, yeah, I didn't. I ended up being like, you know what? No, I'm being dumb. Everything's perfectly fine here. Yeah, I didn't like it. Real quick. I didn't just like get... it. I don't know if he did anything with his suit. And I sure don't understand. I sure don't understand the exhaustion. I mean, I know mm -hmm. it was hot there. A lot of the riders were struggling with it. Um, yeah, but. But wow. Those guys. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, as long as it took him to recover, too. Yeah. But that was the heat thing was weird because they were talking about how hot it was. Everyone had the like cold suits on and was like sitting in the shade and all this blah blah blah. But then when they uh, you know they flashed the brakes, the suggested brakes for the day, they didn't have extreme cooling brakes on there. In fact, they didn't even go up. They were at the three forty high mass and the three forty like regular. And you can go. I'm pretty sure MotoGP's got up to three fifty. Fact check me, whatever. But three fifty like extreme cooling i was like if it's that hot that the riders can't even handle being out then why don't we need better brakes man it was so, anyway another spoiler going into we're going to talk about moto america later but i did watch i had a lot of races to watch so mm -hmm. you know it's like a it's like a job so i had to feed them in as i could where i could waiting for the other ones to go live and it was it was quite the contrast switching from Moto America in New Jersey in a torrential downpour <laughs> all weekend yeah. for those guys, you know, passing out from heat exhaustion. Right. Well, hey, real quick, just to kind of finish this up with MotoGP, you wanted Japan stuff. So Bagnaya has raced Japan from the look of it twice. Let me go to 2018 because we didn't go to Japan in 2020 or 2021 because of COVID. And Pekka Bagnaya was not racing back then, and neither was Jorge in, at in 2018. At the MotoGP level. Yeah. So Pekka Bagnaya went in 2019 for Ducati's satellite team, from the look of it. Yeah. Prima Pramac. Uh, he got 13th in 2019. The next race we did there was in 2022, last year. Jorge Martin in third, and Bagnaya wrecked out. So pretty. Uh, Pretty interesting. But Japan, like, last year wasn't... Well, get this, right? You have... That was the one that Brad Binder and Oliveira, like, those. that was the race that really started where I, I paid attention to Oliveira, you know, because he was on a KTM, but he was, like, starting to do good things. Like, near the end of the, end of the season last year, I was like, man, Oliveira's looking, looking pretty good, and I had really high hopes for him this year, and he's had a, an interesting year. I haven't given up on him yet, but we'll see. Hopes aren't as high anymore. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's just kind of weird. You Ducati, KTM, 
Ducati, Honda, KTM, Ducati, Aprilia, Yamaha, Ducati. But it's like a weird mix because you get Jack Miller, Brad Bender, then Martin, then Marquez, then Oliveira, then Marini, then Vinales, then Quattararo, then Bastianini was like your top. And then Bezzecchi was your top 10 in Japan last year. So anyway. There ain't going to be nobody racing over there. Yeah. Yeah. They got the injuries starting to pile up again. Yeah. I noticed that. Marini, they said, is out. Alex Martin or uh, Marquez. Marquez. Yep. But we'll see. See how it goes. Hey, the point is the season's exciting. I know you don't get into the Moto2, Moto3 stuff, but I would point out that Pedro Acosta Mm -hmm. won the Moto2 race by, I mean, he could have stopped and made a sandwich and then went ahead and finished. (laughs) Okay. But in Moto3, Sasaki, there was Mm -hmm. was two Husqvarna riders. Uh, One of them is a points leader. And the Leopold Honda rider mm-hmm. was leading he was out by i mean he was he blew him away right. he was killing him so you had you had a if you go back watch the watch the last two laps of that race there's two teammates one of them being the points leader sasaki mm-hmm. there's a guy in the middle of them that's obviously faster than the second place rider the third place rider is obviously faster than sasaki in second the other guy's okay. gone Yep. So the announcers are going, the best thing that this teammate could do is get up there and, you know, mess with that third place rider because he's trying to come through on him. And the second place rider is going to come out with the championship, leading the championship at the end of the race, if he can hold second. Mm -hmm. That making sense? Yep. Yep. So third place rider's all over him. Fourth place rider's doing everything he can to help his teammate trying to mess with that guy, trying to pass him, trying to do everything he can. Eventually the fourth place rider get does exactly what his team wants. He gets past the third place rider roughly. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were banging it. It's a okay. great two laps to watch. They were banging, but he gets ahead of him and then proceeds to pass the second place rider who is the one he was supposed to be guarding. Nice. So he passes him. But it was just kind of through the flow of a corner. It was just it just made sense, like right. So after get, taking the second place spot, I mean these three bikes are in the world of their own. There's nobody behind them, nobody ahead of them, right? Yeah, so, as it seems to be sometimes. That guy decides he needs to let his teammate pass him. Okay. So he goes kind of weird wide in a corner. I don't know how to paint this picture. Three bikes go into a corner. The mm-hmm. leader of these three bikes wants to let the second place bike come through, but he does not want to let the third place bike come through on him also. Okay. So they go into a corner kind of weird and he moves completely up out of the way. Yeah. Let's his teammate come through, but he's trying to shut the gate on the last place, the Mm -hmm. fourth place rider. So he comes over hard and he misjudged it came over just a little too soon. And he banged off of his teammate's rear tire. He just clipped it trying to cut that other rider off. Okay. Yeah. He clipped it, which wiped him out. Lucky for him, it didn't wipe out the points leader. That's good. But it did but it did slow the points leader down enough that he lost the spot to the fourth place guy anyway. No oh, man. Come on. <laughs> but that poor guy trying to do his best as a teammate wiped himself out of the race, which would have been like a career best finish for him. Mm-hmm. In any of those positions, A, 
and B, I didn't see what the penalty is, but they were absolutely going to penalize him because it was pretty obvious what he was trying to do. But it was good stuff. Uh, good stuff. That's funny. Well, real quick, really, really quick. Uh, we forgot to mention it, but we, we need to mention it. And, you know, kudos, shout out, whatever, Joe Roberts, Moto2, yeah. third place finish. I've, I completely forgot it hit my Instagram today, but it wasn't Joe Roberts' Instagram page. It was some other random page. It was like, congrats, Joe Roberts, Roberts, third place. I was like, no way. And then I looked at it. I was like, oh, hell yeah, he did it. And it wasn't That's because awesome. of the crashes. He was fighting hard. It was a good race. It was good. It's good. Um, he fought hard. I, it took a lot for him to pass that. They were in a battle for five, six laps. Okay. So I didn't watch Moto2, but my question is, is that a one-off? Is it because we're all at a new track? Is it... Well, let me preface that answer with another question. Okay. Sean Dillon Kelly. Yeah. Was removed from American Racing. Mm-hmm. He picked up a ride at Forward Racing. Mm-hmm. He looked... You might want to back me up, but pretty sure he finished 15th. Correct. I believe he had a pretty good finish last week. This was his second week on the forward racing bike. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure he's doing everything he can to stick it to those boys to let him go, to show him that he can do it. But those are his two best finishes since he's been over there. Yeah. So he's he's doing, I would say he's got to be happy with those results. He's doing good. Yeah, if you're, I mean, but, if you're doing better, you're doing better, so... But some of it, some of it, I mean, Joe Roberts finishing third, he's not with that team next year. So I think sometimes riders get some extra motivation to show them like what you're losing, what we could have been together. Yeah. You know, Flash if... those kind of things. And, and shout out teams. to, shout out to American racing, I guess, because they've got a non-American rider on there and I think he finished ninth. Yeah. And that's got to be the best finish since Cameron Bobier for them. Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I would love to talk to Joe Roberts and just just ask him. Not because I'm just kind of curious, you know, this weekend, what's what's different? And I do wonder, though, if the only reason I don't like what I'm about to say is because I don't think it's a good enough excuse for other things. But anyway, we go to India. No one's been there before. Right. Right. No one on the grid this weekend has been raced a, this motorcycle. I don't know. Maybe they go there on their own time. But this motorcycle that they are because they're not allowed to at this track before. So it's new to everyone. So I wonder if, because that's such an even playing field, like that allowed Joe Roberts to be up there. I also know from personal experience, there's definitely tracks that you're happier at than others, right? Absolutely. And so possibly that track just really tailors to him. It's a super even playing field because he's not learning it compared to everyone else who already knows it and all of that. The only reason I don't like that that much is because He's been over there long enough. He's been in Moto 2 long enough that he should not be falling on that. Well, these are all new to me still anymore. Right. So, but and I'm not I, saying I he. Heard. I'm not saying he's making that excuse. I'm just right. in my own head. I'm like, well, no, 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 wait, no, I don't know. Anyway, but I mean, that's awesome. It's great to see see an American up on the podium. Um, maybe maybe he's got got more to show us. And yeah, congrats to Sean Dillon Kelly. Also, that's yeah good results for him and hopefully he can keep that show up. something over there and do what he wants to do going forward Yo, yes yes and last thing before we move off of the moto gp okay and then i'll have one more thing i'm just oh. kidding <laughs> my jacket today for those at home i'm wearing my 
Red Bull, KTM, racing team, jacket today. This is in memoriam. Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. in memoriam to my friend, Jack Miller's career. What in the hell, Jack? What is going on over there? So I was trying to not bring it up because I don't want to. I want you to cry on camera. Well, I'm bringing it up because Pedro's over there killing it. Pedro's coming. We know, right? Everybody knows. But Jack, you're not doing yourself any favors. And man, to be a fly on the wall, congratulations. You know, he just had a baby. Mm -hmm. His wife did. So I'm, I'm sure he's got some other things on his mind that way. But this year has been ratcheting down, not up. Yeah. It's been ratcheting yeah, it down. And this week, in my mind, was a new low. Yeah. And nobody talked. To, I mean, they mentioned him a couple times, but nobody really talked. To, I mean, I, I'm sure somebody there knows what's going on, but the announcer sure as hell didn't allude to it, if they knew. No. Yeah, my only thought has been he does have a brand new kid. But, like, I don't know. I get that to a degree. I get, you know, but you've been racing this long. There's no way There's no way that these guys, like, have a kid and then instantly go, this is unsafe. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. With After him, but... doing it that long. So, I don't know if, if, yeah, he's just distracted. But it has been a very interesting season. Maybe he... Maybe he just doesn't care for the rest of the season because he's like, well, look, guys, I tried. I obviously didn't do it. We'll come back hard next year. This year, I'm going to kind of just rest it out and stay fit for next year. I don't want to be up there causing problems. I don't know. And I don't even know, like, do they have conversations like that? Or do the writers just kind of do whatever they want? And because they have contracts, that's the hard part is that you'll sign like a two-year contract. Like, I'm pretty sure Jack Miller signed a two-year contract, if I remember right. So yes. Th yes, theoretically... Unless a contract gets broken, which I don't think the teams can do. I guess if they pay enough money or something, I don't know. I don't know the, the legalities of all of that, but sure, most of the time, the yeah, most of the time, the, uh, the team's not going to break a contract. So I do wonder sometimes if you're at the end of your first season of your two-year contract, you're not doing great. Why not? I, I can't help but think that there's some things going on behind the scenes that we don't, that we're not be. aware of. And, uh, a happy driver is a fast, a happy rider is a fast rider generally. Mm -hmm. And just all the stuff that's been coming out in the media, like they asked him to be their test rider or, you know, he's the one that's got to go all the time. You know, he's one of the names that comes up all the time. That's got to go. Uh, maybe that some of that stuff's getting to him because one thing you always count on with Jack is he's going to qualify good. Yeah. At least this year. Right. I mean, Jack was going to qualify good. I, I, I'd say the same when he was on the Ducati. Um, Gen generally, yeah. I mean, he had his weeks, but for the most part. Usually it was like if he doesn't make it into Q2, he's he's going to make it into Q2 during Q1, right? If he didn't make it into practice, then right. Q1, he's he's giving it everything he's got to get up there. Even this year as he started to struggle, I mean, we went through a phase where he would still qualify great. Mm -hmm. And then the bike would, he'd be the cork in the bottle for a while. Yeah. Yeah, he was that. He was the cork in the bottle for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then he would just, you know, hold people up, trickle back, trickle back until he found the real spot that his speed justified. Mm -hmm. Um, and that happened like weeks and weeks in a row. And then you heard this talking that they were going to come. They had some ideas. They were going to fix his bike as soon as they, so that he didn't have that problem. As soon as they said that, everything kind of started going to hell. 
As soon as they said they were going to fix his bike, then he couldn't qualify or ride. And now the stuff's coming out in the media. What? I mean, he barely beat Stefan Brattle and whoever's filling in for the Ducati. I mean, the only people he beat were the replacement riders. Yeah. And I thought he must have crashed, was having whatever. But if you notice during the race, they did pop over on him once. Mm -hmm. He was out there just racing away. I mean, meanwhile, Brad Bender's out there fighting at the top. Yeah, in fact, Brad, Brad ended up in uh, in fourth, I believe. Did pass Mir at the end there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but come on, Jack, get it together. It might not right, be well, you, it might be them, but somebody get something together. Yeah, someone's got to figure it out. Well, does that is that a close up MotoGP? I guess we're gonna possibly have one, two, three, four, five different champions in the last five years. Yeah, which is great. It is good. It's that it, it's then, been a long time since something like that. So Yeah, Mark can it's been so long that if Mark comes back and wins on a Grassini next year, it's still gonna keep that going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just about. Yeah. Well, let's just touch on World Superbike. Sure. Because World Superbike I know I've talked bad about it in the past as far as from a, an excitement standpoint and nothing's really changed that way except mm-hmm. for the riders switching around over there. And th- th- I'm sorry, this is going to have to tie back to MotoGP. There is a over in World Superbike. Nobody knows what anybody's doing. Do you know why? They're all waiting to see what Mark Marquez is doing. It's worse in World Superbike than it is in MotoGP. Everyone in the world is waiting to see what Mark Marquez will do next year. Everybody's waiting on Mark. Mr. Golden Underwear, make a decision. Let's move on. That the, is insane. Well, over there you got Lakiona or whatever. Yeah. Well, he might move to Honda, but only if Mark leaves. Oof. Yeah, that's right. But I don't think he has a contract over there for next year because they're waiting to see if he's going to go there. Um, mm-hmm. But if... If Mark goes there, then who knows what rider they might try to pull from World Superbike, possibly, which yeah. frees up another spot over there. And there's just all this, all this talk like nobody can do anything until Mark moves. Honda is like stuck; they can't do anything. I mean, you see they 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 signed Taka, which yep. no offense to him, but that's just because they needed to sure something up. Let's just get that one done, move forward. Yeah. I don't know, but World Superbike. We got to talk about BMWs over there. Yeah. World Superbike, for as long as I can remember at this point, has been Jonathan Ray, Batista, and Top Rack. Mm-hmm. You, got a, you got a Yamaha, you got a Kawasaki, and you got a Ducati in there. It's those three guys fighting every week. Yep. But Batista has been just running away with it the last, last year and this year. So right. he's just out. Jonathan Ray's by, you know, he's been a Kawasaki guy forever. Six championships, I think, with them. You know, all those things. Mm-hmm. Top Rack's moving to BMW. Quite exciting. Okay. For me. But Jonathan Ray is now moving to Yamaha to take Top Rack's seat. Interesting. Okay. So, so Kawasaki doesn't have a rider currently, a number one. So they're starting to look over at maybe a MotoGP rider. People are starting to talk about, like, DG, if he gets kicked off Grassini. Where's mm-hmm. he going to go over there? You know, things like this. So yeah. everybody's kind of waiting for this MotoGP thing to work out. 
you know, there's multiple places and there's multiple things that need to happen. Yeah. Oh, to have that power. <laughs> but I don't know what I'm going to do. Whole world pauses. <laughs> so Batista years ago, Batista years ago was a Ducati rider. He was supposed to win the championship, but he crashed in every race for the second half of the season and totally blew a championship. Yeah. Ducati got rid of him. Redding came in. No. In World Superbike. In World Superbike. Okay. So, so Redding came in. Right, right, right. Okay, back on. Yep. And then Redding just sucks. And so they got rid of Redding and brought Batista back. And now Batista's been very successful. They love that decision. But Redding went to BMW. Where Redding is the guy we talked about earlier that, you know, sometimes decides the bike's not worth risking his life for and just parks. Right. So now that Top Rack's going to BMW, they've been waiting because nobody knows. They're either going to fire Redding or they're going to fire Vandermark. So everybody's been waiting. Everybody's been waiting for that shoe to drop. So some people are talking or were talking that maybe Redding was going to go to Kawasaki. And there's been all this silly rumor stuff going around. Right. But BMW finally announced they're firing poor Baz. Hmm. Okay. If you recall, was in Moto America a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. That's Garrett Gerloff's teammate. Mm-hmm. Garrett Gerloff got all the assurance he's staying. Okay. Which Garrett Gerloff had to pull in the last World Superbike race. Um, mm-hmm. He's consistently the top BMW, which is great. Awesome. So shout out to Garrett Gerloff. He's killing it. Right. Um, even though, even if the BMWs can only muster a top 10, it's still important that you're the top of you're that. The top one. Yep. Yep. And they all seem to run pretty close together on the track. So it's a nice, he's obviously working best with the bikes. Right. But Redding is now going to sit next. They may, they finally made their announcement. Baz is fired. Redding is getting demoted to the Bonovo BMW, the satellite team. Interesting. Okay. And Redding and Gerloff will be sitting in side by side in the garage. And Vandermark is staying where he's at. And Top Rack will be teammates. Okay. So it's pretty exciting. But now uh, Baz has not said anything negative so far. Mm-hmm. He's not like out in the social media banging on anybody, which right. I got to imagine he's disappointed. But it sounds like they might be working some deals behind the scenes to maybe send him to BSB or Moto America on a BMW team. So I. I think he's removed him from that bike, but not necessarily from the family. Interesting. Okay. So that could be exciting. And it, it seems to me, it seems to me like Moto America has been getting a lot of attention. You know, they're retweeting Moto America stuff on the world Superbike pages and starting to hear more and more about it. That can only be a good thing. Yeah. It's interesting because there's a big part of me that wants to say like, why are we getting European or not even European, but other nationality riders over here? It's supposed to be Moto America. And then I'm like, hold up, chill out. If you want it to gain what it needs to gain to do what it's supposed to do, which is introduce American riders to the world and let the world know that, yeah, we're still racing over here. Then you'd need to be perfectly okay with anyone coming over and racing. All of, all that will make me mad is if our top American guys can't continue to be the top guys. <laughs> If we start getting beat on our own property by other people, then I'm going to be pretty upset. Not at not at Moto America and not at the other people, at our freaking guys. <laughs> so, 
Agreed, but BSB, I mean, it's no different in uh, yeah. the Australian Superbike. Not everybody's from Australia, obviously. If you go to BSB, not everybody's from Britain. Yeah. So Yeah, and I think that's, like I said, I just, you know, got to re-remind myself of that and be like, no, this is perfectly okay. We yeah, just, and I think it's fine. Like, Escalante is from Mexico. Mm-hmm. But I look at Moto America as... Even though Canada has their own series, I think Moto America should be the continent, right? The the American continent. So uh, Mexican riders, riders from Colombia, Venezuela, you know, these kind of places. Mm -hmm. That's where they should be competing. And if Moto America wants to expand, they should be expanding into Canada or Latin America. Central, yeah. I don't know. I, I So in my opinion... America has many awesome racetracks and you can't expect a world series to come over here seven times in one year when they all have to go everywhere else. And I, I get that. That's what Moto America is supposed to be is a showcase for anyone that wants to watch all of the other good racetracks in America that MotoGP can afford to keep going to. So I have, I have zero issue with any, any racer, any nationality coming out. I don't think Moto America should necessarily extend. You could because you could fall under like the just Moto America of the Americas and yeah, and pick it up. But I don't, I don't think so. Well, I think if, if, so if I don't want to be, I don't care who comes over. I don't care if Mark Marquez comes over and races Moto America, but you would care. I would root against him. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think that's, I think that's your point though, right? Yeah. So Petrucci came over and I thought it was great for the sport. It was great for the, you know, here. That was great for people to see, you know, get more people interested, get more people watching. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I didn't want him to come over and win the championship. Yeah. I don't care if they all come over, but like you said, we want to beat them. Yeah. It belittles the series if that somebody could just walk over. And I think we've proven, you know, Baz wasn't able to do it. Yeah. Petrucci wasn't able to do it. Yeah. I mean, we've been... I mean, I don't know. Yamaha, <laughs> fresh and lean Yamaha has proven that no one can beat them. So, so, so BMW is helping Tyler cycle, right? We've talked about this before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Yamaha helps Yamaha. But right. aside from that, everything is like, everything else is not factory backed. If you get BMW watching even closer, <laughs> if you get, It'll be interesting to see what Ducati does because it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if Baz is back here on a Ducati. I could see Ducati going to two bikes, you know, maybe bringing somebody else in if they can find somebody else that wants to buy another bike so it's not just one team. Right. I could see Ducati trying to get more bikes over here. They're, they are racing. Well, so you mentioned BMW. Is BMW going to keep motorcycles over here at all? Oh, 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 that's just a minor setback. Is it? Uh, I think, <laughs> I think it's another European company that's in trouble for maybe messing around with emissions regulations. Does that mean you get a free BMW? Oh, I, I hope so. I need one at this point. Because <laughs> I know a lot of people that uh, did that with the uh, Volkswagens. Yep. They, they had ended up buying a Jetta for whatever reason at a really cheap price. And then VW is like, Hey, we have to take your car. Here's $10,000. They're like, I paid 2000 for that. Okay. Right. Right. So a couple, it's been a couple days since they made that stop sale announcement or whatever. And mm -hmm. 
I haven't looked for a couple of days, but at the time I was trying to look high and low to figure out what that was related to. And it, it sounded like a filter element in one of the canisters that is supplied by a vendor mm-hmm. possibly doesn't meet emission standards. Yeah, so it says issue with the evaporative system installed in all its bugs, both new and used, according to Webbike World. A notice sent to dealers by BMW claims that a material in the EVAP system doesn't meet material specifications. BMW highlighted that the issue isn't related to safety, so current owners don't have to stop riding. The issue appears to be directly related to emissions compliance. They'll be, they'll be fine. At the moment, it's unclear how far back the issue goes and which generations of bikes are affected. Since the BMW CE04 is entirely electric, it doesn't have an EVAP system to worry about. Therefore, it isn't part of the stop sale. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, if you want an, e- an e-bike, you're good to go. You can still buy the little scooter thing. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. If you want to, that thing's kind of cool. Why's it got a solid rear wheel on it, though? Anyway, yeah. Um, so you don't have to stop riding your BMW. They don't care about the actual emissions problem, which we don't either. So whatever. But you can't go buy a BMW. <laughs> that's kind of. It's not safety related. You're good. It just doesn't doesn't follow emissions compliance but you guys already got your registration done for the year so you're good to go until you have to re-register next year so our local bmw place has a couple 23s in stock Mm -hmm. uh, s1000s i honestly was talking to my better half about maybe going down there and taking a look yeah and then you know some things changed at the house that you know that you're aware of that Mm -hmm. Made me change my mind anyway. I was like, well, better maybe sit on that for a minute. And then I seen that right after and I went, huh. The fact that I can't go buy one just kind of made me want one more. (laughs) Now you're going to go down there and convince them to sell it to you anyway. (laughs) I'll sign a waiver. Yeah. Show me where it is. I was going to rip it off anyway. (laughs) Uh, Well, there's the BMW news for you. Uh, we talked about World Superbike. We can hit up some Moto America. Moto America was kind of unbearable to watch. Let me tell you, I have to do this. You remember? You remember we talked about the app? Yeah. Buy the app, and then we had a total spike that they still haven't paid us for in yeah. app sales. You know. And now we're coming that. back and letting people know that the app is. Yeah. So I'm a. I can. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a grown man, and I can. I can tell you when I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Screw that app. <laughs> yeah. I can watch it live on the app. Right. I don't know what's been going on. Maybe this is my problem. Somebody go ahead and tell me. But the app for like the last three races, I can absolutely find them on YouTube faster than I can find them on the app. And after I, Afterward, yeah, if you're not watching live. Yeah, I don't have a problem. I, I mean, I should look right now, but some of the races still weren't posted an hour ago <laughs> on the app. But I watched them all on YouTube. So I'm looking at this app that I paid how much for when I can just go watch them on YouTube. Yeah. And I was worried about that, you know, when they first announced that. I was worried about like, well, why would I buy the app if I can just watch them all on YouTube in entirety? Yeah. But they made it sound like it was going to be the next day or so if you want to watch them. You can't catch them live on YouTube, but you also have to wait for a while. You're going to hear all the news first anyway. Yeah, yeah, but that's not the case, man. Those things, there's even a live, there's a live one on YouTube also. There's a live video on YouTube. You can watch the race live on YouTube? 
far as I can tell. Well, maybe they're making more money off their YouTube channel, so they just kind of gave up on the app. I'm going to pull up the app right now. Uh, while you're doing that, Gagne, uh, yeah, the two Yamahas in first, the two BMWs after that. Hey, don't just say the two BMWs. Shout out to Corey Alexander. Yeah, for third place. Yeah. Well, back to back. Did you do that? Well, on Saturday and Sunday? Yeah, Saturday and Sunday. Hell yeah. First yeah, I was looking at race race one there. Yeah. So. First two podiums back to back. That's six yeah. foot giant. Well, and then uh, today, I guess, J.D. Beach in first and Gagne in fourth. So, Yeah, you know what the funniest thing was? Hmm. I don't know if you know that. Corey Alexander, I don't know how tall he is, but he's over six feet by a bit. He's racing motorcycles professionally. Yes, but it's it's brutally obvious that he's over six feet when he's riding a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. But when he stood on the podium today, mm-hmm. they had uh, JD, not JD Beach. No, because JD, JD Beach was on the number one, right? Mm-hmm. Who was second? Uh, I just closed out of it. PJ Jacobson. Yep. Yeah. PJ Corey. And then yes. Gagne. Yeah. yeah. So the way they do this, the way they do the podium mm-hmm. in Moto America. Number one in the middle is a certain height. It's taller than the other ones. Yeah. But two is not higher than three. Two and three are equal. Are you telling me that Corey Alexander's tall enough that he was taller than first and second place? Dude, he was looking he was in, in the eyes of the guy on the first place podium. Look up a picture. <laughs> he was only slightly shorter than him. Because at first I was like, well, he got third. How come he's standing? Because they, they introduced. So he went up first, of course, third place. And then they yeah. brought second place on. And when they were when they were showing him, he was so much taller than the second place guy. I was like, why they got him standing on the wrong step? That was my first instinct. Yeah. I thought they've got him standing on the number two step, but he's actually third. They're on the wrong side. That's funny. All right. New Jersey 2023. Wow. Yeah. You see it? You see it? <laughs> yeah. So I've got I've got the one from must have been yesterday because it's Jake Gagne. But he's like, his eyes are in long in line with Jake Gagne's nose, and then the guy over in second is just looking at his belly button. Well, it, it looks like he's not even part of the picture. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that was awesome though. That was awesome yeah. for him. Congratulations! That was that was cool. That's cool. That was... That's good. All right. Well, I think that just about wraps us up. I think so. Unless we wanted to talk about the. Uh, elusive article from revzilla yeah let's talk about it let, let, all right we so, so like them so like them should we save the should we save the title or keep the title of the the website out of it okay so here's uh, what was funny to me so i don't care i'll, I'll just get into out. it here i don't have to say the name of it so mr jixer boy you yeah that's me hello yeah always bragging about the jixer <laughs> revzilla Releases an article going uh, how I irresponsible think... it is for somebody to say that uh, yeah. Jixer 750 is a great starter bike or a great first bike for somebody. Mm-hmm. And I read the, as soon as I read the headline, I went, uh oh. <laughs> Easton tells everybody to just buy a Jixer, right? And yeah. So I had yeah. to read, I had to read down in the article a little bit to, just to just to make sure it wasn't us but that being said the funniest thing about it to me was in the article they said 
that it could have been AI generated because certain things didn't add up and, you know. So it could be from us because if, if AI is just gathering all of the internet, at some point I have said the words beginner bike and I have said the words Jixxer 750, not necessarily in the same sentence, yeah, except that that was the first motorcycle that I owned. But so I was laughing because I, you sent me the article, I read it, and then I thought about our uh, episode 13, leader bikes are beginner bikes, change our minds. <laughs> and I was just like, ooh. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, well, as, as I was reading through it, it said that they did not want to bring any more traffic to that particular site. Mm hmm. It would be irresponsible of them to mention the name because it would just do nothing but draw more traffic to that website that they didn't agree with or believe in. So I read this article on my phone and yeah. I turn to my computer and pull up my browser and bam, it's the first story from the other place. So not mentioning them in the article didn't help because we're so survey, sur surveilled. Is that the word? Yeah, that word. Monitored. Surveilled. Surveilled. We're so surveilled that, yeah, it picked up just me talking about it, whatever. Bada bing. There's the article. So I read that whole article on the yeah the, the place that we shall not name. And it was quite funny to me. But So it, it's interesting, though. The first paragraph isn't really talking about beginner bike, first bike. Because it says literally the first sentence here. I'm, I'm on the article. The first sentence is, you started on small capacity machines and are now looking to progress to your first big sports bike. It's a big milestone in your life and the source of a new core memory, right? So it's saying you started here, now you're ready to go here in the first sentence. So, now I haven't read, I haven't personally read the rest of it. So it could, after that, be like, this is the best beginner bike ever, blah, blah, blah. But so just to make, just make sure we're looking at the same thing. Is there like bullet points? Not bullet points, but there's like the little, the little bullet. Yeah, over 38 years of production, yep. affordability, yep. reliable handling, power under control, sport bike you can grow into. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that's got to be the article cuz that's verbatim from what the Revzilla article. Yeah. You know, that that was one of the first things they mentioned was the article stating that. Yep. It does Pretty say funny. Pretty if, funny you are, if you are a natural born adrenaline junkie that appreciates both high performance and top rated handling, the Suzuki Jixxer 750 just may be the right bike for you. Although they messed it up, and here's why. Because everywhere through this article, they have GSX Tech R750. And I'm pretty sure, fact check me, audience, Jixer is a GSX R Tech 750 or a GSX R Tech 1000. Because a Hayabusa is technically kind of a Jixer, but it's a GSX R1300. I don't know. So this entire article is fake. Yep. It's fake. AI generated. You have it. I figured it out. Debunked. That's I wouldn't believe it if Joe Rogan what? was saying it and I could see the words coming out of his mouth. Oh, I could be wrong because Revzilla did it too. Oh, no. On that rabbit hole, you have to answer this now? I do. Yep, I have to. We don't have to. Okay, I was wrong. Sorry. All right. Do you want the editor to fix that or are you just going to take no. it? No. No, it's all good. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. I was wrong. I've got it backwards. <laughs> just weird unless they i might i'm gonna probably google a little more maybe it got changed but i could have sworn that was like the difference that's why you don't call a hayabusa a jixer it's because there was like that one key difference but gotcha anyway 
on that note, I think we're. Yeah. On that note, let's call it. Uh, right. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Like, subscribe, and Jack, get it together, man. Yeah, someone, someone that knows Jack Miller. If we got any Australian listeners, you know who he is. Please give him a knock on the door and let him know that praying hands emoji. You know, <laughs> <laughs> figure right. it out. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll Thanks see for you all next we'll week. See you next time. Do it, 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 do it.